0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week I will bring you inspiring guests with a focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome! Hello, beautiful listeners. I have some exhilarating news that I'm thrilled to share with you all. Are you ready to ignite that inner spark of confidence and embrace a life brimming with vitality? Whether you're pondering a life without alcohol, taking those first empowering steps into sobriety, or looking for rejuvenation post-alcohol, I have the perfect occasion lined up for you. So mark your calendars for September 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and prepare to dive into a transformative day with my revive and thrive academy this is the haven for incredible women just like you eager to rediscover and celebrate their true selves beyond the bottle and in honor of national recovery month this day promises to be nothing short of spectacular as always i will be right by your side cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way Now, for those tantalizing details and updates on what's in store, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Shine underscore Gina Kunarian, or you can find me on Facebook. I promise you, you won't want to miss out on the buzz and behind the scenes peaks. Don't forget to check the show notes to find a link where you can follow me. Today, we're diving deep into a topic that resonates with so many of us, generational trauma the power of positive self-talk and the importance of setting boundaries in our relationships. Joining us is Jenna B., a spiritual guide who has been an inspiring beacon for many, illuminating the path to self-healing and a deeper connection with our spiritual selves. Jenna's journey from facing challenges and reflecting on her past to now empowering others with her insights and prayer cards is nothing short of incredible. So, whether you're looking for ways to break free from the chains of past traumas or seeking spiritual enlightenment, this episode promises heartfelt stories, transformative insights, and a few goosebumps along the way. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Jenna. She is a compassionate soul embracing the roles of wife, mother, and spiritual guide with grace and intuition. Navigating the complexities of life, including reconnecting with her father at the age of 36 and being raised by a narcissistic narcissistic mother. (laughs) See, that word doesn't even want to come out sometimes. (laughs) Jenna has faced her share of hurdles, yet these challenges have only deepened her resolve and you Equipped her with a unique wisdom at the heart of jenna's journey lies an unwavering faith and a commitment to a positive mindset two anchors she holds dear guided by the triad principles of wisdom healing and love jenna passionately shares her insights she empowers others to heal by acknowledging their trauma releasing burdens and embracing a life infused with love above all jenna is dedicated to proliferating her message of love and healing touching as many hearts as she can be it through her enlightening talks of her inspir- inspirational prayer cards. I love prayer cards. That's so awesome.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. Where did much you get this intro? That's the most beautiful <laughs> intro ever. So I grabbed I it from your it. PR person
0: and then I'm like, let's just make it sound more loving because that's what you're all about is to spread love and joy to the world. <laughs> so I'm like, let's make this sound loving. <laughs> Although your bio is beautiful anyway, or just, you know, just a little touch of specialness. (laughs) But thanks for joining me today on my show. It's been it's a blessing to have you on here. And you have a tremendous story, as I did. But I would love for you just to share your background, what you've experienced in your life and what drove you to then become an inspirational person to help others, perhaps that are going who are going through the same thing that you went through. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I was raised by a single mother, who was a narcissistic alcoholic um and it you know it was very challenging we had a lot of roller coasters there was a motorcycle gang member involved at one point in time in my life for a couple years who's now in jail for murder um but there was a lot of men coming in and out of my household like you said I didn't meet my dad till I was 36 and that's a relationship I'm still trying to figure out and work on personally at this point in time in life but I just knew what was going on around me as a child was not okay and Somehow I made it out. Amazingly, I made it out. And I created this beautiful little world for myself here now. And so I love sharing my pain to purpose story, because I think that we all have more in common than we realize. And when we start talking, we actually like, have, like I just said, we have more in common when we're open and willing to share.
0: Yes, that's so true. Um, My childhood involved with my mother, my siblings, I'm the youngest out of four. The rest are a lot older than me. Uh, My father was murdered when I was a baby. And my mom saw me drawing pictures of like a family with a man in there because she knew that I didn't have a father figure. And I would ask her like, why don't I have a dad, you know, as a little girl. And so she went on to the venture of like dating, you know, uh, kind of. (laughs) She was very, she She's very strict when it comes to bringing people over the house and whoever she did bring, they were like a family friend if it was a male. And anyway, this man comes into our life and, you know, he seemed very nice and very kind and yet was abusive towards me sexually. So my mom had no idea about what was going on, otherwise she would have put a stop to it right away. But I didn't know what it was like to have a father figure. I didn't know what it was like to have like that type of role model in the household. So I kind of put my put my trust in that guy. (laughs) Right. And so I uh, yeah, he abused me and did all all these lewd acts and had me do things to him. And it was just a horrific experience thinking about it now. Like, what the heck? but I masked all that pain that I had because nobody knew about what had happened until I turned 22. Now, during the ages, this happened between the ages of six to 12, the sexual abuse, but then I masked all of it until like, well, until I got really 30 something years old, (laughs) but I, nobody knew in my family what had happened until one day, you know, my mom had got rid of him. And when I turned, like, I think, 13 or so, uh, they broke up and I was like, yes, thank goodness, you know, (laughs) but I still kept it inside and uh, yeah, I was getting in such like horrible, horrible relationships and I was either abused or I was the abusee, like I was the one abusing them and I then got into drugs in my senior year in high school and then I got into alcohol, uh, when I was turning, when I turned 21, almost close to 22 years of age and my behavior was reckless. I was hanging around with like all of the wrong people, and then one time my mom and my family, they're like, you know what, this is it. You know, we need to have an intervention. We need to say what's going on with you because you're not yourself and everything. And so it finally came out like the reason why I'm probably like this is because I was actually abused when I was when I was young and everyone was like paused and was like so quiet. And they're just like, what? And then my mom kind of questioned me like, OK, you know, talking about a certain part of his something near his general area, I'd say. and. She's like, she didn't really believe me at first. And I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I just told you everything. But then then she said, do you want me to go ahead and look for him and, you know, find him and take this matter seriously? I said, you know what? No, I just, I'm happy that I'm able to just, it finally came out. But that didn't stop the drinking. I still drink. You know, I had married a DJ husband, you know, and he was just a partier. We were doing drugs together at the house. Cops would come in and out, you know, because of the abuse that was going on between both of us. My little son, he was only five years old at the time. And then he decided, you know what? He's going to just leave me, which good, good for him, you know, <laughs> because I, I, just, I, I deserved it. I deserved it. And then I started going into like, the, the suicide world and overdosed on pills and drank alcohol. And this was my second attempt, by the way, one other time I was 18 years old. That's another story. <laughs> and I saw my life going down the drain. And it didn't really change until I was in my 30s, where I did get into another relationship. It was like I got pregnant again. It was like, oops, I got pregnant, but it's a blessing because it's a child. So, of course, I'm going to keep my child because that's my baby. But I already knew it wasn't going to work out with the guy. I started drinking after I stopped nursing and we broke up. And then I got really ill with pancreatitis, had pancreatitis, went to the hospital. Then I said, you know what? This is the best opportunity for me to detox. Both of my children are not in my life, you know, and I'm being very selfish right now. I need to do something. And it was an act of, it was an act of God because I had prayed before, previously before I got pancreatitis, pancreatitis and I prayed, Lord, I don't want to, I mean, I wasn't really spiritual or religious at the time. I was like, God, <laughs> please help me. You know, I cannot live like this. And that's when I got pancreatitis and I went to a faith-based hospital, believe it or not. And I was prayed over by the chaplain and everything. I swear, since that time, it was a miracle. I started then going to like church. I was already kind of experiment uh, experimenting with like church, but then I was really like put my faith into God. I'm like, you know what? This is it. I need to just make a, a transformation. And I was been I've been guided divinely throughout this process. I got a mindset coach who's helped me tremendously take all the ick out of my brain and implement good stuff that i should have been talking about myself a long time ago and from there things have changed i'm remarried now i have a stepson now so i have three boys now and i mean when we do have our children because you know the different um parental (laughs) i guess their uh, schedules are different when we do come together it's a beautiful thing and we're just I feel like I've been blessed and I just, I'm grateful. I, and I'm just like, wow. So I understand like the whole pain for purpose. It wasn't until like I was 30 something years old that I finally figured out. But enough about me. <laughs> just how to, I feel like I just had to get it out there. I felt, I feel better now. This is about you. <laughs>
1: no, this is about us. We are yeah. a community of women our pain and trying to help others makes me not even saying it but that's what we're here for so yes, please share I love yes, sharing oh.
0: yes <laughs> so that's just a little bit of background about so me it,
1: yeah no I love it um and I heard this once and it was like when you pray to God for patience he doesn't just instantly make you patient he gives you the opportunity to practice patience so you were p- praying for whatever it might've been and God gave you the opportunity, even though it was through your health that mm-hmm. altered your life, but he still gave you that opportunity to change and you took the opportunity to, to change. So congratulations to uh, you. Cause that's hard. It,
0: it was, it was definitely hard, but you know what? I, I look back and I'm like, thank you for that experience. All those bad experiences. I will consider them bad. They were necessary. And it's because it's shaped me and helped me. He molded me (laughs) now (laughs) to who I'm supposed to be and who I am today.
1: Which I was just going to say sometimes, like having the negative and that that bad part happen is the good contrast that we need to see to realize what we actually want. Right. Right. So I love when when bad things kind of happen because I'm like, ooh, that is not what I want in life. Let me focus my energy on something I do want in life, and then you know you'll manifest whatever greatness you want to have happen. But we need the ups and the downs to like realign us on what we really want out of life. So
0: you know, totally, totally. And I was just talking to you about how I felt like I was like the your mom, you know, in your your scenario because she used, you mentioned she was uh, an alcoholic as well. Yeah. And as a child, what did you yeah. experience in in that world?
1: <sighs> oh. Um, it was really hard because, you know, if it was a day off, she was drinking a giant bottle of wine. And I knew that by the end of the night, she was probably going to be mean and angry. And so it was a lot of like hiding in my room. I also would get like stomach aches before I'd go to bed. And I didn't know at the time what that meant. But then that night, like my stepdad and mom would get in a huge fight. And so it was like almost my intuition in a way, kind of telling my little self, like, okay, hunker down, this is going to happen. And I would just go hide in my room because that was like my one safe place that I could be. So, I mean, my mother is now more sober than ever before. And I'm so proud of her for that. Um, but, you know, it was her journey that she was on and I just happened to be the sidekick.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. And congratulations to her then. That's a, that's wonderful. It's very hard to... Addiction is very difficult. And so that's why I can empathize and sympathize with people who come to me and just like, you know, I'm having a hard time. I said, I, I understand <laughs> You know, I truly understand, but you've come a long way. And I, I actually wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned a personal mission of healing and spreading love, right? What sparked this mission for you and how, how do you enact on it on a daily basis?
1: So it really started when I got pregnant because I was the oldest and I'm having the first grandchild. And so I thought my mom might really show up for me in a way that she had never done before and like be interested and call me and check on me and how's it going? How's the baby? And that really didn't happen really. In the beginning, there was a little bit, but then it really petered off very fastly. And I was just kind of like devastated and heartbroken again that like my mom didn't care or show up in the way that I had wanted her to in my head, the story I was telling myself. And my husband looked at me one day and he's like, you can't hold her to an expectation she never agreed to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the light bulb went off. And that's really when I started my healing journey because I started to think about her childhood. She was raised by a very angry single mother and didn't have the best home life either. And so when I was able to really look at her childhood and where she came from, I started to have a lot more compassion and understanding and empathy for her. So for her to be 22 and single and get pregnant with me, I mean, she didn't really sign up for the job. It just, it happened and that's where she was, you know? And so once I was really able to forgive her for all of my hurt and pain, it really gave me peace. And that's all I was truly searching for was my own peace. And becoming a mother, I have allowed to hold myself to a certain expectation. And I think I'm slowly healing my inner child, just showing up and being better and better. You know, we all just want to do better. The generations, we always just want to do better. So I'm here just trying to do my best. Um, and hopefully my son appreciates it. Who knows? He might think I'm a horrible mom one day. I mean, you're just like, you don't know. <laughs> but I'm trying my best. And that's all that I can put out there. And so... Yeah, it's just been, and it hasn't stopped. He's eight years old and I'm still on this healing journey and figuring it out. So I don't think it ever ends by any means.
0: Absolutely. He's eight. Oh, how sweet. My, my son is going to turn eight and uh, actually next month, October, because <laughs> we're already in September. Wild. <laughs> yeah. We're and then wild. my oldest is 15 years old or, uh, and he's like six, three almost. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's it's it's. I know I'm nervous the day I have to look up to say hi. Like, you know, we have to do. I'm I'm nervous for that.
0: I know. Oh, I love children. They're just such a blessing, and I I think that's really what shaped me as well. Is like it. I look at them like, well, they only have one mother, you know. (laughs) They need a mother, and that's what I am now to them and bless their hearts. They're just they bring me so much joy. So, how were you able? And I know you're saying you were trying to do your best in everything, and that's all we can do. We just do our best. We're just here to do our best. Now, for myself, I remember people had asked me like, "How do you? How did you heal your childhood trauma? Was it through therapy? Through that? Well, it was through. The, I was trying to through the bottle, but that obviously didn't work. But I noticed as I was doing acts of service. I, that was healing me. I felt so much joy in helping people, whether it be through the church, whether it be through just a Zoom call, whether it just be just a phone call from a friend who said, "Hey, you know, can you give me some advice on this topic here?" I love the acts of service. What are some things that you did to help you with your childhood trauma? Ah
1: I don't even know. You know, I did. Journaling has been a big place for me to put a lot of my emotions and the stories I've had in my head that I just need to get on paper so I can get them out of my head and stop running that loop. Um, I do a lot of journaling when I'm just like kind of stuck in a place because it's like a safe place that I can put down my emotions that nobody else has to know about. Um, But I also created positive intention prayer cards because I wanted people that were struggling to have something to say without having to think about it. So for my prayer cards, there's eight of them and there's peace, love, positivity, grief, worthiness, strength, strength, and change. And I just added a travel prayer card because I had some moms for summer break, asked for one. Um, But I just, I was struggling with prayer and, you know, strength and change and all these things are just really important topics that we all experience at some point in time in our lives. And so I think the prayer cards are my contribute to the world and helping, healing and loving everybody else.
0: Wow. In the prayer cards, because I was just going to ask you about the prayer cards. I'm like, oh, wow. Since she since likes journaling so much, let's talk about the prayer cards. But thank you for already mentioning that. Do you have any on hand uh-huh. with you that you can show on the screen uh-huh. by chance? Yeah. And can you just read that one since that was the first no, one? No, no, no. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. Where
1: did I? Get? Oh, I got This is peace. This is a good one. It said, Dear God, help me to find peace. Please comfort my mind and heart so that I can find that quiet place. In the peaceful place, I know I will find harmony within myself and the outside world. I have the power to not let others disturb my calm space. I am in control of my own peace. And then there's a Bible verse that correlates that's on every prayer card. And it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. that brings me goosebumps and joy <laughs> i love that we actually have it i know yeah me too <laughs> i'm like where's my kleenex i don't even have, i only have like one of these things <laughs> for the screen <laughs> that was beautiful and i think that oh. that particular card especially is perfect for this podcast and i just i just love that so thank you so much for making these cards and I mean. I have we we created like um, God's promises. We actually have it framed. We, we typed it all out and everything, and then got it blown up and put it in the frame because they're just good reminders. I love the Bible verses because there are reminders of His promises that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us, and just to be in His presence is just like I can't. There's no words. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's just no words. I get very emotional when I talk about, about it because I think that that I was always guided. I was always led. Uh, it was because he's given us free will. I, it was my choice to do that was to choose the path that I went through. But knowing that through the two suicide attempts, through everything, he was still with me <laughs> through everything. And so I was just such a beautiful um. This is the first podcast I'm actually, have cried on. <laughs> I have cried on any podcast before. Uh, <clears throat> this is the first one. So I'm embracing it. <laughs> but uh, just to know that he was with me yeah. even to this day. Yeah. <laughs> to this day. Yeah, and-
1: I remember. I was just gonna say when I was a little girl and there was things going on around me or like upstairs or whatever it might have been, I would always remember that God gives me what I can handle. And I just remember repeating that to myself when I was scared or alone or what whatever it might have been. I would say that to myself, Oh, we're all just crying today. Yeah, it's okay. But that was like such a big part of it. But it's also so funny because I went to church alone as a little girl, like my family did not go to church, but I would always find a ride to church. And I don't know what drew me towards God. But like you said, like, he was always there. Like I took the city bus to go to church on Sundays sometimes because I wanted to go. So like, I was the only one getting up and going to church by myself, but he had that strength within me to pull me up and get me out. So I just, so grateful, so thankful, and by the way, your journey was your journey, and that was always supposed to be your journey. So just appreciate where you are now because you made it out of the thick, and you are living the most beautiful life.
0: Yes, and yes, yeah, so that's what I say. I'm very grateful for my journey.
1: <clears throat>
0: Excuse me, I'm just gonna sip my smoothie. There. <laughs> 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 I made this like um, this like blueberries and strawberries and of you know, raspberries <laughs> and I put some yogurt in there. Um now I know I was just I just there's just so much I could talk about with God. It's like, wow. So when I was little I was uh going to a Spanish speaking church. Like I because like I said my dad died when I was a baby, but his side of the family loved me so much, they would just take care of me. But they were all Spanish speaking. I didn't speak any Spanish because my mom's second language was Spanish, her first language was English. And then when we had babysitters, whatever the babysitters would talk to us would be in English. And so I just learned English. But I remember just going as a little girl at age, like six years old and, or five or four and just like praying. But then I was like, why are they yelling at me? (laughs) What did I do? But I always knew that there was Jesus. I just didn't follow Jesus. And I remember also when my exes and I were trying to go to church, we were, because we were invited and. We would go, but I would literally have to drink like some alcohol in order for me to go. But as soon as I went inside the church, I started crying like the Holy Spirit had taken over me or something was going on. And I was just like crying. Like I felt this like energy of love like that I've never felt before in my life. And I was just like, whoa, I said, okay, I think I need to be here. And so that's why when I got sober, then I started going to the church and just embracing everybody and just wanting to learn more about scripture cuz I didn't know anything about the bible I didn't know nothing so I was trying to do like women's bible study and I met these wonderful women and I was then serving the children's um the children's ministry and that's how I met this little boy who's in the father I'm later on married the father I met him in the uh, street ministry and just everything together it's like the lord has a beautiful plan for you and it's never too late to ask the lord for help <laughs> He's there no matter what.
1: Yes, ma'am. Oh, I like, like you. I can't. We could talk about this topic for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So um, your thoughts as far as like when people are struggling uh, with, with whatever is going on in their life, how do you coach and how do you help client get closer to God?
1: I really think that we love to fill our lives with busyness and activities and we run from wanting to hear the truth and i think that when we actually take the time to like sit down and pray and just give ourselves those moments of silence is when i've really heard god speak to me or touch my heart or give me an idea or guide me in a way i didn't think i needed it um but i just think it's so important to really allow ourselves to slow down and take that quiet time for ourselves, because it's just good for our mental health, for our physical health. And then we get to have that beautiful connection that we don't allow ourselves to have all the time.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right, because the world is so chaotic right now. And I feel like even on the road. Okay, so I work also as a massage therapist at the Four Seasons Hotel. I've been there like over 16, 16 years. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But they changed the schedule since after the whole pandemic. And I used to work evenings from like 3 o'clock to 9 p.m. And there was no traffic because I live, you know, maybe about half hour away because I live in San Jose. And that's over in Palo Alto. So it's about 30 minutes. I literally I only work one day a week now because I have my my business and everything and being mom and wife. And it keeps me occupied. But I still wanted to be there at least one day a week so I could enjoy my family there at the, at the hotel because I love them dearly in the spa department. But I have to wake up at 4 a.m. To get ready to go to work at five, uh, and then I leave my home at five forty five, just so I can get there around like almost six thirty. I don't start till ten, mind you. So, <laughs> but during that time, the roads are so chaotic and so I'm like, it's five people. <laughs> Why are you guys so stressed and accidents and everything? And I'm just like, oh my goodness. And so what I've learned to do is take my time to go to the hotel and just do my deep breathing when I get there, because I don't want to start my day off with everybody's like negative energy, because I'm very sensitive. I'm a, I'm a sensitive person. So I can sense people's energy. I can um, like empathize towards people's uh, spirit. And I can tell if someone's mm-hmm. having a bad day, then I'm just like, oh, okay. But you're so right about the grounding yourself and taking that time just to relax and be with yourself and your spirit, because the spirit is there to guide us, you know, and I always talk to my intuition, which I learn is like our higher self, which then it could be like also the Holy Spirit as well. <laughs> and they're just there, you just have to go within and really ask yourself, does this feel right? You know, what what is something that's good and pleasing to me and good to pleasing to the Lord, you know, <laughs> and then you will be guided the right way, I feel anyway. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times if I get asked to do something, I really sit for a second with myself and I'm like, is that a hell yes or a hell no? And if it's a hell no, then I say no. And I don't commit to things that I don't want to commit to because that's giving away a piece of me that I can't get back. And I want to do things that make me happy and make my family joyful. And so I'm very cautious of saying yes to too many things because I just don't want to get lost in it again.
0: Yes. And you remind me, I used to be a yes ma'am to everything. I was much of a people pleaser back then. I was just like trying to make everyone happy, but I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking care of myself, but I was trying to please everybody else. And so I'm not no longer, I'm, I'm not selfish in any way, but I need, I need to put myself as a priority because if Gina is not well, then nobody in the household's well. <laughs> I mean, they're well, they'll be well, but it's true. Because I, I I mean, I'm a mom and the wife and I need to be on my best game. So I need to take care of myself. And I was actually talking to my husband about this this morning. And I was like, there are two things that I will invest in, <laughs> health and like just overall personal hygiene stuff. Women make up into beauty. <laughs> I've always been into like beauty and cosmetics and stuff like that. I just never really got into it until 30 something years old. But, oh, it's just the joy that, you know, every life brings, brings you, even if you've gone through a bad, bad things. Like, I think a lot of people who have the most pain have the most purpose in life. And we just have to share and spread the love and teach people <laughs> how to have that joy. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I it definitely takes some work, which I think people are always afraid of doing. But I think the work is always worth it in the end, because I would totally rather live this peaceful, happy life than like the misery, drowning my sorrows in whatever substance. You know what I mean? There's just so many other options, and I take this option all day.
0: That's right. And speaking of, um, because you know people talk about positive attitude positivity think positive think positivity <laughs> but then some people are like "Oh, I'm, so- I'm tired of that think positive doesn't work what are your thoughts on that
1: well I think there's a little bit of a law of attraction here what we think is what we get so if we think the world is against us and everybody hates us that's how it's going to turn out but if we choose to look at the le- the world like it's working for us and not against us, I will have people at the grocery store come get my grocery cart from me, hold the door open for me. It's just when you start to like change your thoughts and your mind into thinking, oh, that person was just really nice. Why were they nice to me? Well, what were you projecting? A positive attitude? Then of course they're going to be nice to you. It's just like this little trickle effect And it was really hard for me at first to do. But once I got the hang of it, it was like, perfect. Here's an example. I'll give you a perfect example. I love to host. So on Easter last year, I was having a whole bunch of people over and it started at 11. And somebody called the day before and they're like, we're going to be late. We're going to go to the lake, but we'll be there. Start without us. And Mm -hmm. I got off the phone and I would have normally like lost my shit and gotten mad at my husband. How could they be late? (laughs) I'm throwing a party. How do they not know? Da, 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 da. But I got off the phone and I was just like, I feel like that's going to work in my favor. I'm going to let it go. And I let it go. And they showed up on time. They didn't go to the lake the next day. And it was just such a beautiful reminder to me that if I project a whole bunch of negativity on the situation, I actually don't get what I want in the end. But when I just took a step back and I was cool, calm, and collected about it, I actually got what I wanted at the end of the day. So it's just like, What do you want to put out and what do you want to receive?
0: That makes total sense because people with already a negative attitude about thinking positive, (laughs) it's not, nothing positive is going to come from that. So you're absolutely right. And I'm so happy that you said that. And it's so true. Like whatever is happening to us is happening for us, (laughs) not to us, it's for our, in our favor. And I always have to think of it this way, because that's what I was taught as well. Like, hey. It's okay if that didn't go through. I didn't hey if, if if you didn't get that uh that deal, it's okay. Don't worry about it. There's a better opportunity for you in the future because you didn't get it. So <laughs> patience, persistence, and perseverance are the three things that I always say <laughs> to everybody, like, hey, but you know what? I'm gonna rat on my husband right now. He has the perseverance and he has the persistence, but you're like, honey, I think you need to work on the patience a little bit more. <laughs> I think it's just a man thing, but it's funny. Uh, oh, I, I, there's a story, but I, I won't share it right now because we, we were talking about that again this morning. I think everything that I was talking to him about today pertains to our show right now. It's funny,
1: isn't it? Funny how that happens.
0: I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Right <laughs> now, um, for entrepreneurs listening, how would you advise them to incorporate like spirituality in into like their business effectively?
1: So in 2019, I had had my real estate license and I was just really not feeling fulfilled the inside the way I thought I was going to. Um, and so my husband gave me six months. He's like, figure out what you want to do. And then let's hit the ground running when you decide. And so I spent six months on the floor of my office after I took my son to school, just meditating and praying and journaling. And what what is this like strong desire I have within me? What am I supposed to do with this? And the positive intention prayer cards came to me. But I think the biggest lesson that I learned from that, and my husband's the president of a company. So we have these conversations all the time about how spirituality is intertwined with our companies. Um, But it really is just like, you will get that divine guidance, you will get those divine ideas. And those aren't ideas I can think of on my own, but those are ideas that are our purpose and are guided to us. And I think that that's what makes you more authentic and more successful is when you're really doing something that is your heart and your soul and you're projecting something great out into the world. So when we allow that spiritualness to come into our companies, we're actually working from a better, greater foundation. And so it's just letting ourselves to tap into those ideas or that creativity that maybe we don't always allow that would help our companies grow and expand.
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting because a lot of people, because I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm an entrepreneur myself. And... uh that's why I wanted to ask that question, <laughs> but I, I noticed a lot of people that I'm speaking to, they're in the corporate world, they're out of the corporate world and is wanting to do their own business because they don't feel like something doesn't, since the pandemic, they, when they're going back to work, something doesn't align to them anymore. And I think like going back to what you're saying about pausing during that time, I think that people, a lot of people paused and really kind of like self-evaluated and say, you know what? I want to start doing things that I want to do. I don't necessarily want to be told exactly what to do, how to do it, you know, and what time to have it done by. And totally, yeah, gotcha. yeah. And so I think people are starting to recognize their gifts, their their passion, and their love for certain things, whether it be making a product, whether it be coaching business, anything. The, I think people are shifting and becoming more aware that hey there's more love I can give to this world. It doesn't have to be like what I was told I'm supposed to do, but I can start thinking for myself and doing things that, that make me happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't want to be happy and like spread joy. I don't know. Those are like my two most favorite things to do on the planet. I'm like, I've turned into the biggest goop ball and like, I like love to play pranks on people now, but I just love being silly because everything's so serious all the time that when we can just have those little moments of giggles or joy, I'm like, I'll take any of them. I'll take them all. I want, I want it all.
0: Yes, yeah, because I uh I always laugh no matter what. And sometimes even if it's like serious thing, I still I'm like, I'm sorry, I still have to laugh <laughs> about it because I don't take things so seriously anymore. I used to, don't get me wrong. I used to be like It has to be this way because I was told it was this way and I have to do what Janice told me to do. (laughs) No, 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 no. I laugh at things because it's not that serious and this world is not, I mean, I don't feel like it's meant to be serious. I think all of us have made it serious as a collective because we're all one. And um, once people realize that, we are all one, we don't have to worry about anything. Let's just bring that love. Let's bring that joy into the world And then once everybody has it, this world would be like heaven on earth. (laughs) You know God's intention.
1: (laughs) Yes, I always say we're the leaf on a tree, and let's take care of the tree.
0: Yes, I love that. Take care of the tree because life is too short. I mean, I mean, time has gone by a lot very fast. I was just realizing, oh my gosh, I graduated high school in year two thousand because I was talking to my husband about farming, and I was like, you know, when I retire. I want to go ahead and um, have a farm and I want to sell produce, like have my own farmer's market or something. And he's like, oh, that's well, not too far from now. <laughs> he's like, it's only about 20 something years. I said, oh my goodness, you're right. And then I thought about like, well, I-, I graduated in 2000. That's over like 24, almost 24 years now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, time has gone by fast. But thank you. it, I was like, oh, wow. It's like... So enjoy the time that we have here on earth. Um, What are some practices people can start doing today that will bring joy in their lives?
1: I think always speaking kind words to ourselves. We are really good at putting ourselves down. And even my eight-year-old, he's like, I'm stupid. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We do not use those words on ourselves because our body feels that vibration. Um, So I really think trying to speak kind words to yourself is number one. And I love to say my affirmations and my prayers before I put my feet on the ground every morning and just say I have ease and flow and grace and all that's supposed to come to me will come to me. Um, I just think it's so, I think we just need to be so much more kind and easy on ourselves because people love to be hard and put ourselves down and we just cannot participate in these actions any longer. So those are like my biggest takeaways is just be kind to yourself. Cause when you're kind to yourself, then you're kind to others.
0: Yes. Yes. My, my son said the same thing. He's so all, I quit. I'm like, <gasps> mm-hmm. I said, honey, we don't quit. We, we push through. No. I said, you're, yeah. You're not a failure, honey. There's no failure. I said, You only fail if you stop trying, but we got to just push and push and push. And so, yes, it's the kids, you know, they start and I I'm guilty of it, too. I started talking to myself negatively since I probably was in preschool. You know, I'm no good. I suck or I this. But words are very powerful and and they can do a lot of damage because your brain is downloading all that information that you're talking to (laughs) Telling yourself. So when I noticed that I started talking to myself differently, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to get better at least, at least say that I'm going to try to get better. And so where it's like, I'm at a point where like, wow, I can do incredible things because, because of, because of God, I always have to say because of Christ, you know, (laughs) I always put that at the end there too. But it's so true. And I think once people realize their potential, that there's there it's limitless you have so many opportunities
1: oh it's so yes yes it is limitless i mean the world i live in now oh is the world that i dreamt of as a little girl not ever knowing how to make it happen or how to get there to get from a to b but i just like sit here sometimes and i'm like how is it possible that i like have a loving, safe home. We have a roof over our head. We have food in our bellies. We have cars in the garage. Like how did I get so blessed and luck? Oh, it makes me want to cry. But it's just like, you know, you, you do the best you can and you move forward every day. And ah, oh, it's wild sometimes when I think about where I came from and how I got here.
0: You're absolutely right. And Oh, I just like take deep breaths. I'm like, oh, because I'm getting cold chills again, too. <laughs> That's like my, I always feel like it's my spirit speaking but to then, me. Like, you hey, touch it, Gina. You're getting cold chills. <laughs> well,
1: um, they say that um, goosebumps are the truth vibration.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So truth vibration. Yeah. Okay, good to know. I'm going to yeah. write that one down. Truth vibration equals goosebumps. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs>
1: The funny part is, is now I have this little boy who is being raised in a happy, health, safe home and he's spoiled. And I'm like, boo, I did not get new shoes like once or twice a year if I was lucky. Like, don't think this is normal life by any means because you are so blessed. And he's eight. So he has zero concept of like life you know what I mean but he's like I lost my basketball at school let's go buy another one I was like are you buying it I'm not buying you another basketball you lost it that's your fault like how do we teach them I'm trying to teach him oh, pray for me on that one
0: I will definitely pray for you on that one. I know um, what I've been trying to do with the little ones, you know, because my my stepchild is nine years old. And then, like I said, my other son's going to turn eight. So they're very close in age and they're just so cute when they're together. <laughs> and he always tells my husband, hey, hey, Victor, can we go? I mean, he takes him to the dollar store to get him a little tour. <laughs> But he actually plays with the toys. But they were like, you know, before we bring more toys in, let's start donating these toys to kids who need a- toys. So what we'll say is like, okay, yeah. go ahead and pick some toys that you no longer uh, connect with, uh, that you are willing to go ahead and give to another child. And so I'm trying, we're trying to teach them that. And they're, they've been actually pretty good at it, you know. And um, so that's one practice we, we've done. But it, it is hard because... I remember I didn't have anything and I was still spoiled. I would (laughs) find somehow some way to get what I want. And I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Because we didn't grow up. We grew up kind of poor. Like my mom for a while, I mean, when I was really young and raising four children on her own and doing two jobs and trying to make everything work, it was very hard because we would all have to like, you know, be in one bedroom, all four of us at some point. It was challenging, and I would still persist and ask her, "Hey, I want this. I want this." And, um, and she's like, "No, no, 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 no." But then I would take things from my sister and then get in trouble. <laughs> so I mean, we just tried to make it work. Um, but yeah, I guess my siblings always thought I was the brat. I was the brat. You know, I was. but I was. I don't know. <laughs> my mom said ever since I was a little baby, like I was like always. <sighs> All angry and stuff but I've learned to calm my 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 temper and I'm much better now and I know if I ever do get into an argument or there's like some I will say you know what I need I need a time out I need to walk away you know and then just do breathing exercises
1: <laughs> oh I do that still today with my son I'm like if I asked you three times to do something and I want to like explode and get angry I really take I just walk away I'm like I I gotta take five and I go hide in my closet and that's like nobody bothers mom when she's in the closet because that's like my space but my mom used to be more explosive and I'm just really trying again to do my best to change it and so when my son gets frustrated or angry I really like asking him what emotion he's feeling because I really want to teach him what emotion are you feeling and then how do we work on it on a healthy way to express it is it we go for a run around the block is it you need five minutes in your bedroom to just take a breath like I do like but I want my son to understand emotion and I want him to know how to like move past it once it's released and I think that a lot of us didn't learn that either on like Mm -hmm. what do we do with this anger or frustration and I know I didn't know how to do it and it's taken me many years to find like my cool calm collective space um But I just think, again, that's one more thing that I can do to help my child be more successful is, like, really talking about the emotion and working through it and then going forward.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we just do our best. Like, you know, our parents, like my mom's mom was very abusive to her physically and emotionally. You know, I did get spankings. (laughs) But they were well-deserved spankings, I'm sure. <laughs> but my mom was never abusive to me, luckily. But we, we're we dealing with our parents' childhood trauma, whose their parents had childhood trauma for their parent. So it's like a ripple effect of just trauma. And so as parents, like as we're trying to do our best, you know, because... I, even though I've worked through trauma, there's some things that, you know, I get triggered still here and there, and that's normal. You know, <laughs> I am not perfect. Okay, I have a human being here on earth and human beings go through emotions regardless of what was given to us. <laughs> Sometimes we wake up cranky. We're like, where'd this emotion come from? I don't want to be cranky this morning. And I, I think that when, like you said, when we do take the time for ourselves and really like evaluate and then find out what makes us happy, our lives start getting better and better because we're doing things that make us happy. And then our kids won't be and say, Oh, mommy's in a bad mood. Let's go run and hide. But I do actually hide in my bathroom as well. My bathroom is like, a has my closet inside there and I will like do some stretching in there. Like I'm in there hiding.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talk about generational trauma. Um, I've realized some major generational trauma this summer because my mom was either had been cheated on or was the cheater in every relationship I've ever seen her in. And I'm married nine years now. And about seven years in, I started to get this wheel turning in my head that like, is he going to cheat on me or am I going to cheat on him? And not that there was any action or mistrust by any means, but that wheel just started turning in my head. Okay. I've been married longer than my mom has ever been in any relationship. Um, And now I'm here and now I'm waiting for it to explode so I can run because that's all I've ever been taught, really. That's all I ever saw in my house. And so I one day just finally realized that my husband is kind and we have a 95% great marriage. No marriage is perfect by any means, but he has done nothing for me to want to run or leave or sabotage my marriage at this point in time. And I realized that was my mom's story. That was my Mm. grandma's story. And I was allowing that to really affect who I was becoming as a mother and a wife. And I, I mean, God put that on my heart so heavy that I'm writing a book about it right now. And like they say- generational trauma goes back seven and 14 generations so for you to sit here and be changing your generational trauma is like because that is hard to do
0: it is and wow so you're writing a book that is awesome when is that going to be published
1: Um, I'm hoping to be done in December and then I actually am hoping to get published through a Christian author so or publication so we shall see I'm putting it out there right now people
0: oh I love that yes I was uh so I was talking to my business coach and she was like um Gina you know we have until December to like write to finish writing your story I'm like I know. And I just I I can do it really well when I'm uh <laughs> when I'm like the deadline is like near. I said, but uh, yeah, I'm also actually writing a book. It's going to be like a memoir of like my experience and my story. Actually, it's just like my story, what I've gone through and how God has shaped me. Mm-hmm. My spirit has led me, and just with the support I do have with my family, and well, my stepdad. I have a st- another stepdad since my mom remarried when I was seventeen love him to pieces could he's like a father to me couldn't have been blessed with a wonderful like stepfather now and so and I do have a lot of support from my family and um, of course my husband and my kids are always cheering me on you know (laughs) they're little they don't really know what's mom doing who knows (laughs) so congratulations on your book um no I want to ask you where can people find you and follow you and just know a little bit more about Jenna
1: (laughs) All the good things. Um, well, I made it very easy. I sell my prayer cards on Etsy under Jenna B. Spiritual. And I'm also on Instagram sharing tips and tricks on how to live a positive and happy life. And it is the same handle of Jenna B. Spiritual, which is also my website address.
0: That's beautiful. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? Because I, I love our conversation. I can talk to you for days. <laughs>
1: I think what I said earlier about not holding people to expectations they have not agreed to was the biggest shift in my life personally. So I love repeating that to people because I just think we could hold it to our husbands, to our kids, to everybody around us in our close circle. We still have a story in our head of how we want them to act. And we have to remember that's not them.
0: That is right. You are so right. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for coming onto my show today, and hopefully, we'll stay connected. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who has graced me with a five-star review. If you haven't had the chance yet, it's never too late to share your insights. It's because of each one of you that my podcast has soared to Buzzfeed's acclaimed Best Women Sobriety Podcast list. As a special treat, I am ecstatic to present my latest offering, the Overcoming Challenges mini-course. We all face life's hiccups, and this course is meticulously crafted to hand you the tools to rise above each one. It's a small investment for lifelong skills. But wait, there's more. I have two exclusive gifts just for my listeners. For those embarking on or curious about their sobriety journey, immerse yourself with a transformative seven-day challenge, an ideal starting point. Additionally, my six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life is yours to explore. I divulge the very steps I passionately pursued without the crutch of AA or the 12 steps, anchoring me in my own sobriety journey. To access these free treasures, simply text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to one 649 6196 Once more, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, to one 649 6196 And I'm overflowing with gratitude and love for each and every one of you. Thank you.